Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. It's the end of the week. That means it's time for our fearless leader, Dave Cariello, and Kevin Held from Akeem Drops the Ball to join us. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. Um, let's just get right to this. Dave, uh, you had, I thought, a Canal Street Chronicles. Oh, it's always really good saying stuff, but I thought you were really brilliant in a post you did this week about the bounties, and it makes me wish that you would post more stuff and you could just give up the bookstore and do what your true calling is and post like six times a day on Canal Street Chronicles. Um, so just take the floor and, and explain to, to the peoples why the whole Roger Goodell bounty thing was just a complete bullshit farce. Just go right ahead. Uh, I mean, uh, first of all, thank you. That's super nice of you. And if I ever won the lottery, um, I will I will just certainly take over Canal Street Chronicles full time. Um, but uh, it's just, you know, I admitted, and I mean, I, I wrote something the night before the whole thing was announced, and, and it was up the morning of, and I've written stuff since. And, I mean, I was completely honest, and I really... Throughout this whole thing, the whole nine months, I really did not, did really not know what to believe, who to believe, what was true, was what wasn't true, and I really didn't know how I felt about the whole thing. I didn't know whether I should be angry at the Saints or whether I really should be angry at Goodell or whether I should be angry at just Greg Williams or whatever. I mean, I really had no idea. Uh, and 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 Paul Tagliabue's ruling has really just completely changed everything because it sort of validated what I what I sort of felt and what a lot of people, what a lot of Saints fans felt, um, that Roger Goodell really completely 100% um, overstepped his boundaries of authority. Um, he, he really, he, sh- he shot first and then asked questions never. Um, That's awesome. And, and he, 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 he really just, you know, I hate to use such a cliche, but it was very, it was very tyrannical, very dictatorial, um, and and it's disappointing because um, even though maybe the Saints players haven't, you know, now they're not suspended. That's great, but 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 really and truly, the damage has been done. Um, you know, I think all the idiot NFL fans out there, after all this has been done, all they still think is, oh. You know, they take money to go out and, and, hit, and hurt guys. Um, and I just, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to rant and rave and, and yell and scream because, to, to be honest with you, it makes me so angry. It makes me angry beyond, beyond, that, beyond that level. And it's just, I, 
he, he <laughs> I mean, this was it, it was it really was it was a complete witch hunt. It really was a complete witch hunt. He had very little evidence. There, there, he, he, he jumps to many, many conclusions and uh, and and really just just made made a you know he, he tried to send a message. It's just it's validating because Paul Tangliabue obviously looked at this through you know w- without any without any bias, and, it, and it's just refreshing to see um, it's refreshing to see how this whole situation would have gone down. Had had a normal person been handling this whole situation, and and I mean, and and this is actually this is somebody who we all expected was going to toe the company line, and and was just going to simply reaffirm this all of all of Roger Goodell's suspensions and, and fines and all that kind of stuff, and he didn't, which is very shocking, but he didn't. So, I mean, I I think it's nothing more could. Nothing more could have possibly validated this f- further. I mean, I mean, for for somebody like Tagliabue to say all this, you know, it's just like, oh, it's got to be true. It's got to be true. Well, here's the thing that 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 you know, and I, and I there's no there's no good answer. There's nothing's going to happen. But you know, as I was talking to I was talking to my mom, I called her and said, you know, they they voided all the things, and she, you know, she had a great point. She's like, you know. We pay two grand a year for those tickets. You know, we sit up in the terrace, <laughs> section six forty one. You know, but it, look, it's two grand. And she said, look, it's when you add up the the parking and the and the the beer and the food, it's more than that. And it was detonated before it even started. What the fuck, as fans, is our recompense for this disaster that Goodell dropped on us? And the NFL really has nothing to show for it. I, I I don't know I don't know how he can be trusted. I don't understand how somebody could um, could abuse the powers of his office and his position so much and still and still maintain a, a, a job at that at that position. Um, I I think even if you step back, even if you if you, if you take away being a Saints fan and you look at everything uh, evenly. Um, what I think what is what what you see is a, a guy uh, somebody who holds a, a, a position of power and he uh, I would say abused that power he, he suspended people um, you know let let's look at it specifically Will Smith he he basically suspended just because he was a team leader uh, there was no proof that he was involved and he just and, and Goodell basically said well you know you've been on this team a long time and you're a veteran so I'm just you got to go see ahead. on your chest. Right, you got to see on your chest. I'm just going to go ahead and head and suspend you. What is that about? Anthony Hargrove, he didn't have any of the details of, of the conversation with the investigators, and he said, "Ah, something smells fishy. Ah, I think I'm just going to suspend you." Uh, Scott Fujita, you know, he had nothing on Scott Fujita. Paul, Paul Tagliabue said, "I have no idea." They basically, in, in no, no, in other words, basically said, "I have no idea why Goodell suspended Fujita. He he doesn't even deserve to be on here." Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and and Vilma, he basically suspended him because uh, because he he said, oh, we're gonna kick their ass, uh, you know, and we're gonna go beat the crap out of them, and and and, and you know, and said, well, I don't like that kind of talk, and that's not the culture, uh, you know, that should be going on. So, uh, well, the hell with it, you're suspended too. And, you know, I, I'm like I said, he he he, he, he there, there was just 
there was no due diligence. There just really was no due diligence or, or a piss poor due diligence. Um, and on top of that, all of the suspensions, there was no precedent ever set. Like Tagli Abu said, there was no precedent ever set that any of these players should have been suspended. It should have been fined at the, at the most, um, if that. Kevin, what is going to be the legacy of Bounty Gate? Um, it'll live forever. With no, I'm never getting over this shit. It's a, it's a prime season of Drew Brees' career burned to the ground. I'm never getting over it. Um, but what is going to be the legacy of Bounty Gate for the Saints? And what's going to be the legacy for Goodell? The sad thing is, is that for the Saints, you know, people, any, people outside of New Orleans had already tired of the Saints as it was. Like, they had already gotten kind of tired because – Apparently, you know, according to people uh, outside New Orleans, it was, it, you know, they'd gotten tired of us because they were sick and tired of seeing Drew Brees on TV. And they thought that they thought that we were sort of propagating this whole, man, the Saints personally, by hand, rebuilt the city <laughs> of New Orleans uh, after Hurricane Katrina, gumbo, gumbo, who dad, NOLA, forever, restoration, all that kind of horse shit. And... The fact is, is that, you know, guys like us were kind of like, no, that's not the case. And, you know, people didn't want to listen. It was, it was, you know, Drew Brees uh, just getting, you know, putting his face out there all the time, trying to make people never forget that, you know, the Saints were personally responsible for saving the city and all that kind of shit. And they got tired of it. So this whole Bounty Gate thing gave them further reason to try and beat up on the team, beat up on the franchise, all that kind of stuff. And so that's not going to go away. I mean, the the, the image has been tarnished. Uh, you know, we're not going to be a fan favorite. Uh, and, you know, I'm fine with that. Uh, I've, I've made my peace with that. I, I, I think the, the only thing that bothers me still to this day and will continue to bother me is how much slurpage other people are going to get in uh, over over the Saints in general, over Drew Brees specifically, but that's, you know, for a, a different conversation. Well, we'll, um, give, we'll give Mike Greenberg oh, okay, oh, credit. Yeah. He tweeted out that the Saints got the shaft and the fans should be up in arms. Well, no, no, no. well I mean, look, that, that's, a, that, that, that's a different conversation that hopefully you'll ask me about and can spur me on with that. But... The, as far as the Saints go, yeah, I mean, the, the Saints, the organization will be tainted. Peyton will be tainted. Uh, Greg Williams, obviously, will be tainted. Uh, Drew Brees, all those guys, you know, there will be jokes made for years to come. And maybe the only guy, I think maybe the only guy who will get some, actually two guys, the only two guys I think that will get out of this uh, with some modicum of, you know, well, not some modicum that'll get out the best are Scott Fujita, who, you know, again, no longer on the team and was completely exonerated by Tagliabue, and Anthony Hargrove, who, for all intents and purposes, there was, was never proven to be involved. And, if it, if, and honestly, and I can't believe I'm saying this, was saved by Brett Favre's penis. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you if you look at and again, I didn't read I didn't read the whole fucking thing. I didn't read the whole fucking thing. But Tag Me Boo basically said 
that Brett Favre's, uh, you know, Brett, you know, penis gate uh, set a, a precedent, and the punishment that Brett received for that set a precedent, and he wasn't suspended. And Anthony Hargrove, what, what, whatever he allegedly did, should have fallen into that, and so, you know, shouldn't have been suspended. Oh, that is. That's and, maybe. And, and th- so, and then to answer, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but to answer your second question about Roger Goodell, his legacy, is that, you know, the national media already wants to move on from this. They're like, all right, uh, technically made his ruling, player suspensions vacated. Uh, it kind of, it's sort of, it, it, they, it, they, have, it, this is this is a boon for the national media because now they get to have it both ways. Literally, they literally get to have it both ways. Goodell was both proven wrong, and because Goodell and his PR machine and his flukies in the media get to say, get to still wag their finger and say, no, 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 this doesn't prove anything. If anything, this this further uh, proves our point because we're not going to take away the suspensions for Peyton and and the the discipline for the team and the fine and all that stuff. Uh, you know, we might not be able to fully prove things that I had said, but something went wrong, and obviously I'm I'm right in that I I had to take action, all that kind of horse shit. So, you know, as far as the national media is concerned, it's sort of like put to bed in a sense. Like, yeah, they were right, he was right, blah blah blah, and everything will be fine. And now let's move on to the other thing. Goodell's legacy. Goodell's legacy down, uh, in New Orleans will be shattered forever, uh, God willing, and he'll get booed anytime he ever shows up here. Uh, I think I'd like to think that whenever he finally retires or God willing gets ousted, uh, that Bounty Gate will be one of the first things that's mentioned in his you know career epitaph and how he ultimately overstepped his bounds, how he paid lip service to the idea of player safety while with a straight face pushing for a longer season. And not only that, uh, today announced plans to push, you know, or wait for the right time to go with a 16-team playoff. Yeah, so, yeah. Every, so, every year, baby. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, fuck the guy. <laughs> well said. Um, Dave, I don't know if you – I saw some of Drew Brees' comments. I was driving to get dinner, and they played some of his audio. He's getting – he was angry before, but he was really angry, I thought, today with the sound bites. And I think he's kind of couching it a little because the Saints – season's still going on, and they're not technically eliminated from the playoffs, but I'm thinking come Super Bowl week, when he's doing the Radio Row stuff, and he's in New, you know, and even though the Saints aren't going to be in the Super Bowl, Drew Brees is the guy in New Orleans, they're going to have people wanting to talk to him, what do you think the odds are that he goes full-on firebomb for Goodell during Radio Row Week and read. Yeah, um, you know, just just because he's Drew Brees and he's a classy guy, I, I don't think he'll go totally nuts. You know, maybe he'll mention it once or twice, but uh, I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to do that. A drunk Bobby Abair, though, uh, <laughs> he might, he, he might, he might, he might do it. Uh, but I just think Drew Brees is, you know, 
he's not one. He's not going to make a big spectacle. Spectacle, although really and truly, uh, you know, the Tanky Blue ruling really it, 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 it gives us, you know, who that nation, Saints fans, Saints players, it, it gives them something to point to and 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 to stand on and say, yeah, look, this really was screwed up and this really was messed up. And, you know, my thing is, is like, okay, you know, what I'm thinking like, hey. How about to, to make up for, for such an egregious error and to make up for Goodell being a total tyrant and, and for going on this witch hunt and, and using the Saints as his living boy, um, how about we get that second-round pick back in this draft or something? Like, you know, how about we get a little something, uh, you know, to make us feel better and, and for you to say you're sorry? Uh, I think we should get that pick back. No shit, we should get that pick back. We should get that pick back in preseason games. Next year should be free for season ticket holders. <laughs> because they got we got we got four. We we we're gonna have as Saints fans. If you have season tickets, you paid for four preseason games this year. You paid for two in August, and you're paying for two in fucking December because of fuck bounty investigation. I mean, right? And, you know, and here's and here's here's my other thing too. I mean, I know, I know that Tagliabue basically said, yeah, the organization was at fault. Uh, you know, the players shouldn't have been suspended as harshly, but there was definitely guilt there. You know, I, I feel like Tagliabue saying that. I, I wonder whether if he had to, if he had to also give a ruling on the coach's side of it. Um, I, I wonder if, if he wouldn't come out with something similar to what he's done with the players. I wonder if he I wonder if he wouldn't look at all the evidence as far as the coaching and the organization is concerned and also say, well, you know, there just really isn't that enough evidence and I think Goodell kind of overstepped his bounds. Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, why why is it just the player's side of it that 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 Goodell and this NFL investigation uh mishandled and screwed up? Why well, is it we... not possible that they completely, you know, that the whole that the whole thing is is, is messed up. Well, I mean, the thing is, the thing that I found most interesting, Kevin, in the, the Taliaboo ruling was like Roger Goodell made the whole thing about you know Sean allegedly. We don't know for sure. You know, they lie to us about the bounties. They when we first and Taliaboo was like, people lie all the fucking time. They lied to me. Players did it for when I was doing discipline for them. That's no reason that you know to really drop the hammer on him. To me, I think that's interesting, Dave, in that I think probably Tagliabue, if he would have been commissioner, he I think he would have fined the fuck out of Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis. I but he probably he, wouldn't have suspended him. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying if Tagliabue was responsible for also reviewing uh, an appeals process for the coaches and the organization as a whole, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking – He'd probably come down with a similar ruling as he has with the players. He'd probably say something like, well, yeah, maybe there was something going on here and they should be fine, but there's certainly no precedent for you to be suspending a, a coach, a head coach, for an entire year. Yeah. Um, Kevin? I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, why, that's the essence of it. What made, what made Goodell, do you think, Kevin, do you think it was, him trying to make a giant PR move and wanted to prove his safety, you know, that he gave a shit about safety and all that, that he suspended Peyton for a year? Or is it something as simple as the Saints 
were pissing off the NFL. They're arrogant as hell, which they are. They didn't show up for Super Bowl things that pissed off the league. Is it something that personally that Goodell was like, fuck you, Saints. I'm sticking it to you because you made you, – you disrespected me personally. I mean, do you think that played into it at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's absolutely some sort of a uh, vendetta uh, going on with, with that. Uh, it, it, uh, it, if you read the the Deadspin piece, uh, the Deadspin opinion piece that Dave actually linked to on Canal Street Chronicles, tweeted, tweeted a link to it too earlier this week, there comes a point, there was a point when in the piece they uh, they quoted somebody was quoting Goodell or or somebody was referencing Michael Vick being in trouble with Goodell and him getting suspended indefinitely for killing fucking dogs for for murdering dogs for drowning electrocuting dogs as part of a dog fighting ring he was suspended indefinitely because Apparently, he lied to Roger Goodell and didn't come clean with Roger Goodell. That's what really set Roger Goodell off, that he lied to him. Not murdering fucking dogs. That's not, that's not what got him in trouble. Lying to Roger Goodell about murdering fucking dogs is what, is what ultimately did Michael Vick in. So, for, for listeners, so, for listeners who don't know, Kevin has quite a soft spot for animals with dogs. Uh, yes, yeah, and, and and as far as I'm concerned, uh, I, I I I got I know fucking dogs that are worth more than Roger Goodell. Uh, so, okay, my my thing is, I mean, I I agree it did play a role. I mean, I think that Roger Goodell, in his head, he really thinks he's doing the right thing, and I I, I think in his head. He really does want to make the league a better, a, a better league and a safer league. And yes, obviously he's got lawsuits and he's got that on his mind, and that's definitely a motivating factor as well. But I, I think deep down he probably really wants to leave a legacy that he's the savior of this league. And I think as Pagliabu sort of alluded to in his ruling, he's just going about it the wrong way, and he's being too strict and he's being too stern, and he's really putting a lot of people off. I think we're learning, uh, and I, I think the fact that. I think the Saints were dumb enough to be a little brash and cocky in the way they went about things, which can't be surprising given what we know about Sean Tate. Uh, And I think they were an easy target. And I think because of all the past things that they've done, like, you know, just basically kind of doing whatever they want to do, uh, I I think that definitely Goodell was like, well, you know, I don't even like you anyway. You you piss me off all the time. And here you've given me a reason that I could – make an example of you, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I think they're all intertwined. I, I really genuinely feel that it all has to do with each other. Well, yeah, but the thing is, for a guy that talks about protecting the shield and caring about the fans, just because the Saints didn't do it, quote-unquote, the right way, the Steeler way, and all that bullshit, doesn't mean you get to firebomb a whole season. Um, right, but, no, but he's right. Of course not. And he. And he, and he did, and it really was egregious, and really wasn't fair. Uh, but no, he, he did, and that's exactly that's exactly why we, he could help it. 
<laughs> he Goodell did. I don't want to get Goodell out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. All right, Dave. Thanks for uh, thanks Later, for giving thanks for giving us time. Oh, Goodell. Nice, Kevin. As we sort of we sort of head down the the final. He's a zealot. He, yeah, I just. It's 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 not that look. I I I I agree with what Dave is saying. How in his own mind he thinks he's protecting the league, but he's he's it's like it's like he and Tony Dungy are they're almost like cut from the same cloth. It's it's sort of like this weird uh, thing in in which the world has to be immaculate, or or you have to sort of cover things up and 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 you have to make things seem like everything is completely black and white, there are absolutely no shades of gray, and that and that it is pass or fail, and if you don't abide by my own personal standard of what I think things need to be, you're gonna you're gonna suffer for it. And and if anybody is to blame, it's you. You're the one to blame for your own misery, and that's it. Because you didn't tow my own line of decency or, or, or things that I think need to be done a certain way. And the reason I bring Tony Dungy in this Gay hating Tony Dungy. It, it, well, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> hating on Tony Dungy is a big thing. And plus, the whole, you know, religious vibe to it is, is, is I truly believe Goodell looks himself as the one, as the, the one man uh, crusader against you know, against all this crap that he seems to be going against. But I bring up Dungy also because this morning he was on Mike and Mike, and basically the the there was a possibility that Goodell can still fine uh, Vilma and Hargrove and Fujita. I, I think he can still find Fujita, but yeah. he can still find the players. It's like yeah, the suspensions were lifted, but he can still find the players. And Dungy was saying, you know what? If I'm the players. I just pay it. I, I don't even fight it anymore. I yeah. just pay it. Why? Why? If your suspensions were lifted, and the case, and, and the, a, an auditor, who, by the way, we all thought was going to be a shill for Goodell anyway, and, yeah, he works for the fucking law firm that represents or works with the NFL on a regular basis, and even he says, yeah, you guys didn't have enough evidence for anything for the players. Why would the players pay a fine? If, you know, why would the players pay a fine? If anything, all the players ought to join with Jonathan Dilma in the defamation suit and really try and put the screws to Goodell. Well, well, and here's the, here's the interesting thing with, you know, putting the, putting the screws to Goodell. And I think, I'm going to give you credit here, I think in one of the early, you know, because Bounty Fest, basically, you know, we our our off-season plan of talking about the draft and keeping the podcast going and building the audience. The, the Bounty Fest thing we just did, we were doing two a week podcast. We were doing two a week the whole off-season. But you made a great point in one of the podcasts, and I don't remember exactly what it was. But remember when they had the the meeting with the players? I forget when it was. It might have been during the year, but but Fujita went, and Fujita was like he shook the news media after was like he shook Adele's hand and said, "What the hell are you doing, Roger?" And you were like, "Man, that took fucking balls." And Fujita to do that, he must 
know that he is innocent. And I don't remember how you put it, but I remember you saying that. And to me, that shows that the players knew that they didn't have the goods all along. I, I, I think that, that might be part of the reason why Zilma's attorney is pushing for all the paperwork to, to, to be released. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. You fucking claimed, you know, who, who the fuck was it? it you know, the, the, the Tonys, you know, guys like Peter King, uh, claiming, you know, 50,000 pages of evidence, 50,000 pages of evidence, or 50,000 emails, or this and that, and all this other kind of stuff. So, 50,000 pages of emails, and, and documentation, and shitty PowerPoint presentations, things done on NS10, oh, or whatever the hell Greg Williams was using, you know... All of a sudden, all of that information doesn't hold up when looked at by Paul Tagliabue. Like, suddenly, all of that doesn't hold up. The, this, this big fucking boulder, this giant asteroid that was coming, that was hurtling towards the players in the form of this 50,000-page document ended up getting eroded into something the size of a bowling ball. Yeah, I mean, and I, I brought this up with Andrew in the previous one. You know, that to me, that was always the thing that Saints fans, you know, granted we have this, we we, we felt slighted, and we were. We were fucked over, and we, we were bitter about it. But And we had some, you know, some conspiracy things. But the main thing that once Saints fans sort of got their bearings and, you know, all the sort of you started to dig into it, everybody was like, just show us the evidence. Just show it to us. And you know what? If the Saints did everything you say, fine. But just show us the goddamn evidence. You talk about it, you talk about it. And then, you know, Kevin, I, I think one of the huge red flags to me early on was the whole Orstein thing where they released it and they were like, oh, Orstein did this and he had this email and they were doing bounties and all this. And when it came out that he was in prison, and it got forwarded along, that to me just blew a gigantic hole, and it was a huge red flag. And really, the only person in the media and, and you know, that really was really tough on the NFL from the get-go, and it pains me to fucking say this, was Florio at Pro Football Talk. All the rest I knew of you them, were going. I knew you were going to say Florio. But Kevin, but Kevin, it's true. All the rest of them just nodded their heads and said, "Okay, okay, yeah." Florio was the only one, and that to me is frightening. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'd think there would have been a local writer <laughs> that could have been that that could have you know expressed some of that righteous anger. I mean, somebody. I mean, you know, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to dog on, 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 on some guys. I'm not trying to dog on everybody in, in, in the New Orleans sports, you know, writing area because, frankly, I know some of them, and, and the ones that I know, I genuinely like, and they're nice guys, they're funny guys, they're good guys to be around. But, you know, a fucking columnist who, you know, a certain football columnist who, you know, wanted to say that the Saints have nobody to blame for this but themselves. I mean, that fucking guy who, you know, who 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 became a fucking columnist. You're not even a reporter anymore. 
You're a fucking columnist. You couldn't fucking take a stand. You couldn't uh, try and be a rally. You couldn't try to be the, be the person to become a rallying point. You couldn't try to vocalize the fans' concern. No, instead you turned around and started to chide the fans and chide the, the fucking well, football team. Well, here's and the- then. And then, and then now that this thing is quote unquote resolved, yeah, it's resolved in your eyes, and now you want to move on. You want to move on well, past this. Well, fuck you, pal. Yeah, fuck well, you. <laughs> fuck the Pristos of the world. Fuck the Mike Silvers of the world. Fuck all the national media motherfuckers. And you too, local guy who fucking wanted to blame the Saints and was going to tow the fucking NFL line. Fuck you especially. Well, because you motherfuckers got conned. You got fucking conned. You were scammed by the big bad NFL, and only a few of you got, got access, quote unquote, and the ones that got access, you motherfuckers got duped even worse. Well, you well, saw some fucking paperwork, you saw some fucking documentation, and suddenly it was like, well, surely the NFL would never lie or exaggerate or just overextend or, or overstate what they could have. So certainly, clearly the players and the team are at fault and they should be, you know, drink, you know, these players are lucky that they're not being suspended indefinitely, blah, blah, blah. A load of horseshit. And all you motherfuckers that want to talk about, oh, let's move on, you know, there's a fucking drive time uh, sports talk guys up here that, you know, after they laugh for two or three seconds about Goodell being, you know, being wrong, they're immediately like, okay, let's move on. Let's, let's not worry anymore about any of this. No, fuck you guys too. Fuck well, anybody. Fuck anybody. Well, anybody. Here's a, here's a, here's a, that says, time to move on. No, no, no. Fucking Goodell botched it. needs to be brought to justice. <laughs> All right. If you're a Saints fan, how do you get justice, though? That's, what, that's the question. Oh, no. We as Saints fans, we are, we are going to have to live, again, this is what we as fans do. We're going to have to live vicariously through our football players. And the guy we're going to have to live through vicariously the most is Jonathan Zilma. <laughs> Jonathan Zilma is going to push forward with a fucking defamation suit and frankly, if I'm Zelda, I don't care what Goodell of the office offers. I don't care if they say, well, if you drop your suit, then we definitely will not find the other players or find you or any of that stuff. Or I don't care if they even try to do some sort of uncouth deal where they say, listen, we'll give the team back everything that we took away from them. We'll reinstate Peyton and everybody immediately. We'll give back the draft picks. We'll give back the money that we find. I don't care how sweet of a deal Goodell tries to offer. Don't fucking take it. Because if you're Velma, if I'm Jonathan Velma, fuck, I'll tell him. Velma, I don't think you're coming back to the Saints next year. So you have nothing to work. Play like you have nothing to fucking lose. You have nothing to lose anymore. Your reputation's already been blown to shit. So now, now it's time to take somebody down with you. And that somebody is Roger Goodell. Yeah, and you know so, what? Take him to court. Take him to court. Get all this fucking evidence. Put in a federal court. And eventually all that will see the light of day. But the, the you know, it, it, this isn't going to be 
you know, a dog and pony show like the NFL discipline system is, no, 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 this is going to be a federal fucking hearing. A federal well, hearing. Well, here's so the thing. everything's going to come out. Well, here's the thing. Everything's if, if, if Jonathan Vilma can, can get everything out, hope, and I, I want... Like I've always said, I want it. Just, just tell it to me. I want to know. Maybe it'll paint the, it'll paint Goodell in a horrible light. Maybe it'll paint the Saints. You'll be like, oh my God, that was pretty bad. But look, that's the, that's that's the way it is. The truth is the truth, and you just lay it out. Here's the thing with Vilma, and I think one of the reasons that he's fighting this so hard, Kevin, is look, he knew that look, he was fighting for his career on the field for one thing, but he is an articulate well-spoken guy, and he did a lot of local media with Channel 4. He would go on fourth down. He was positioning himself as, hey, after my football career, I'm going to try to go on ESPN or Fox or all that. And that's probably blown up, Kevin. I don't see how that happens. And he's probably pissed about it, and I would be too. So I think he's got every reason to fight to the bitter end. Yeah. Absolutely. But I want I want to go back to what you talked about with the media and how you know we talked about how Florida Flor, Mike Florio Pro Football Talk was the only one that pushed really hard and you talked about how look the local media Jeff Duncan different guys should have at least voiced the fans' point of view and all that. I'm not going to go that far, but what I'm going to say about the local media, especially, is that not to compare it the the the, the Saints bounty story to to Jerry Sandusky. Because that's like a whole, that's just a human tragedy. But there was a there was a woman there, she was like 24, 25, Sarah Gannon, I follow her on Twitter. She basically was at this little bitty paper, and she was like, she found out about Jerry Sandusky. Nobody else did it. She fucking did the work and broke it and won a Pulitzer Prize, and now she's working for freaking CNN. She's probably going to be a talking head for the rest of her life. And I'm not comparing, I'm not saying the bounty gate was as big as that. But there was a potential there for somebody, especially local, Kevin, in New Orleans, a website or Times speaking somebody could have really dug into it and not taken the company line and really, really dug into it and done some great reporting. And as, we, as some people like to say, made their bones and said, oh, my God, that Joe Reporter – he was a fucking nobody, but he fucking got to the bottom of Bounty Gate and found all this shit out that the, the national media missed and the NFL didn't want you to know and could have made themselves a star. And to me, that nobody in New Orleans stepped into that void and did that is a huge indictment on the New Orleans media. It is, and at the same time, you know, part of that, I mean, I don't know. Look, I don't know how much of the fifty thousand pages or emails were released because I, I mean, I don't recall hearing anything like all of them had been released. But I'd like to believe that somebody somewhere in the city, in the region, was pouring over whatever shit was out there. And 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 what you know, the the, the thing that bothers me about that is that again. They weren't raising any questions. They just, you know, yeah. whatever was out there, they just were like, okay, well, surely this is... You know what, Kevin? You know, I don't... We got, we, got I don't sampling, we got the sampling, so surely the rest of it is, is just as bad, if not worse. I don't think I it mean, was... I don't think it was... I don't think it was out there, because even though the Saints are the smallest market in the NFL, there's enough of a blog... I mean, very smaller. 
What's that? Well, maybe yeah, Green. Well, Green Bay has Milwaukee too, so it might be. It might Green Bay might be smaller. But my point is, they have enough of a blog sort of network of Saints people that hell, freaking Wang kept the running tally of Jeff Duncan and his tweets and all that stuff, which which was a really fun post that he did. I think if the NFL, they talked about all this 50,000 pages, but I don't think they released it anywhere. Because I can guarantee to you, if they'd have released any of it, Wang and Saints Win and Angry Hoodat, they'd have all gone through that shit with a fine-tooth comb just because we're Saints fans and we want to know. So I think the whole 50,000 pages was a big fucking, maybe they have it, but I don't think they released it anywhere, Kevin. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I just, I, it's it's like, you know, obviously I'd have been immediately looking for somebody like Wang to have turned around and, and done stuff. Well, we, I would have looked at it if it came, if you'd have had a source to it just to go through it. I mean, it could, it could have been, it could have been hours of fun on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, I'd like to think Dave or or your uh, or your uh, your Win Ellingtons or your uh, your Jack Sharkies. You know, those guys. I mean, shit. Dave could have fucking divided it into <laughs> smaller sections and said, "Okay, Win, you handle two thousand pages. Jack, you get a few thousand pages. We'll let Juge handle, uh, you know, a few thousand in between grading tape and whatnot." I mean, this this could have been. This could have been the, the the project to unite all of Saints blogdom, uh, you know, outside outside SaintsReport.com, of course. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, you could have gotten chicks in the hollow involved. You could have gotten, uh, oh, shit, I can't remember the poor guy's name, the Who Dat Social Club. Everybody that wanted to be involved, we could have all broken it down and gone over it together. It, it, would, have, it would have been, you know, it, it would have been phenomenal. But I think it would have just been this great, this is great, it would have, grassroots kind of thing. We would have gone over everything. We could have shared and compared notes. We could have had like a twelve-part series on on the podcast. Reenact. Like, okay, this right. It's like this half hour we're going to have chicks in the huddle on going over what she found, and the next half hour we're going to have this guy on going over what he found, and. At the very end, you know, you get, like, Dave and you and then Wang and maybe me and Juge, and we go over it, and we just sum up, we, we sum up everything, and we, you know, I drop a couple of F-bombs, Wang makes a couple of Simpsons references, and we all go home happy. Well, but here, here's, the th- here's the thing, and I think this is what we, what most Saints fans, look, we had wild conspiracy and all that, but to me, the NFL, they knew either right from the very get-go or they knew real early on after they had gotten into this waist deep that their evidence, you could just blow holes through it really, really easy. Because if they would have had the goods, they'd have, they'd, have, they'd have hammered the Saints, you know? And I don't think I don't think the last thing Roger Goodell wanted to do is when he would have a press, when he would go on with Mike and Mike or go on with Dan Patrick or whoever was to have to answer really fucking hard questions about the evidence. That's the well, last well, let's thing. Not, let's hang on a second. Let's not let's not say Mike and Mike would have asked him well, hard questions. I mean, you, you know, they'd have asked him they'd have asked him surface questions. <laughs> I think somebody like Dan Patrick would have gotten maybe uh, uh, would have certainly gone a lot deeper. But I don't think Dan Patrick would have gotten. 
you know, even the Time Magazine guy might have. I've seen Dan do. I've seen Dan do tougher interviews on his uh, on his radio show, and he's certainly capable of doing it. I don't know if he would have gone as hard as as could be, but he'd certainly be harder than somebody like Mike and Mike. Well, yeah, but I mean, Mike and Mike was a bad example. But the point is, if all the evidence would have been out there, Goodell would have had to answer hard questions, and he didn't want to. And I think, look, maybe it wouldn't have been Mike and Mike. Somebody would have asked him really hard questions. And then, absolutely. And then, the thing that would have happened would, if if all the evidence had been released earlier, the tide would have turned more for the Saints before the season, and then maybe the penalties would have been different. But the NFL, and I think you said this all along, early on, the NFL had just like the run of the land with the bounty. They weren't getting any questions at all, and it was just one every day. It was just fucking worse news for the Saints. And there was no pushback at all from the Saints. You know, Mickey, hell, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, didn't, they didn't say anything for like, I want to say like 10 days or something. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it's. It, it, I guess, there's there's really no way to sum it up except the Saints season uh, was you know it was a it was a it's a burning bus on the interstate and Goodell set the fire uh, when he when he suspended Sean Payton uh, in April. Um, Kevin, they got they got three more games to play. Um, you as a fan, do you give a shit? And will the team? give a shit about the games. I mean, as a fan, absolutely I'll give a shit. I mean, I was telling people, I was telling people at work, you know, this was this was my last day at work before, you know, going, uh, going, coming back home uh, for a, a vacation. But, uh, you know, I was saying that, hey, you know, part of me, like a large part of me now just doesn't want them to win at all. Like I'm just thinking about the draft at this. I'm starting to really focus on the draft and. Oh, you you with me? The, you want the five and eleven bus crash? Because that's what I want. Well, it, well, it, it's here's the thing. When I was watching the Giants game, I wasn't I wasn't mad or a, as angry. I, I wasn't mad at all. I wasn't even angry that they got beat fifty two twenty seven. Uh, I, I mean, I was you know. I was a little bit crestfallen. I was kind of disappointed, but I got over that. I actually got over that loss. That loss, I actually got over faster, I think, than any other loss in, in, this season. Me too. I did too. Uh, I was in Vegas. Because, I was drunk and gambling. So. Well, 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 yeah, you were in a perfect place to get over anything. Uh, so, just because it's like, okay, good, they're 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 done. We can put the cap on it. It's over. Fine. Whatever. Look to the draft. Look to the off season. Fuck the Dell. All this other kind of stuff. And you know, p- people looked at me at work and said, "Well, wait. So are you going to root for them to lose?" I said, "No. I'll watch every game. And individually, you know, I'll root for them to do well. I'll root for them. I, hell, I'll root for them to win. But if they don't win, I'm not going to flip out and." beat myself up over it. I'll say, okay, well then this this helped prove that maybe this person isn't playing well 
and you know maybe they have to be reevaluated for next year, and maybe this person has to go, or this person's playing well enough, hopefully they can stay, or maybe this person will redo their deal, all that kind of stuff. That's how I'm going to look at it from here on out. Um, I said this on when I talked to Juge, or you know, on the podcast that everybody listened to the day before. I said, look, if the Saints are playing Carolina and Carolina needing to win the game is the difference of the Saints picking in the draft like five or six places, which is possible with all the clusterfuck of four and nine and five and eight teams this year, Kevin. I'm rooting for Carolina to make the field goal because, listen, beating Carolina at the end of the year and picking 15 or losing and picking eighth, I want to pick eighth, you know? Um Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, hell, I was telling people this at work because, you know, I'm up here in St. Louis. So I think the last two games of the season, definitely for certain the last two games, maybe even maybe even coming into this weekend, uh, let Drew play for a half. Let Drew, let Ooh, Drew play know. for a half and, and then put Chase Daniel in. I don't know. Thing is, thing is though, I just – I don't think – I don't think Drew will let that happen at least until the last game, and then even then, I think he'd pitch a he he'd pitch a fit and pull rank just because of the way just because of the way he is. And well, it, 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 well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the Giants game, he should have been pulled. He, sh- I mean, he should have been fucking pulled. He should have been pulled. At, at the at, at least midway through the fourth quarter, the game was out of reach. He should have been pulled. A couple of other starters should have been pulled because there's no sense in in players going out there like that when they're when they're not going to come back and win and risking potential injury. That's that's fucking pointless. Drew should have been pulled. And you know, okay, so if Drew wants to try and pull rank on the whole. You're not going to bench me sooner than the last game. All right, fine. Fine, but if if they're playing, let's say they're playing Tampa or Dallas before the Carolina game, and let's say let's say Dallas go, let's say Tampa or Dallas goes up by like 20, 20 plus points in the fourth quarter, and the Saints aren't doing anything that that leads you to believe that they're going to come back. Pull Drew. I don't care. I don't care if he fucking pisses and moans. I don't care if he tries to swing his Jimmy John's dick around and say, hey, I'm going back in. No, you're not. Somebody steal his fucking helmet because he's not going in. You put Chase Daniel in there because, frankly, we need to know what fucking Chase Daniel is capable of as a backup. We need Agreed. to know what he's made of. Agreed. We need to know. We need yeah. to know. And we need to, give, we need to give Joe Morgan more looks. We need to fucking give Cadet more looks. We need to give a lot of people more looks and more time in the game because a they need the experience and b we need to know what they're fucking made of with more time. And frankly, I don't feel like I really don't feel like seeing Drew put himself out there to uh, risk hurting himself or, or you know risk getting smacked by a fucking defensive lineman when the O line decides all right time to be a turnstile again. Well, no, that's or, not, that's or, or, no. Or, or to fucking watch or to fucking watch you know. My buddy from Hofstra, Marcus Colston, uh, hurt himself again, or, or watch fucking Devery's hamstring uh, snap like a rubber band. Well, no, that's uh, on that, a uh, on a uh, nine and out. 
That's that's my thing is like when you had the when they when they were getting housed by the Giants and the Giants have that really good defensive line. The last thing I want as a Saints fan is to Drew Brees to God forbid have a bad injury where he's not going to be ready for next year and why the fuck was he playing you were down 45 to 10. You know. So that's a fair point. I just don't I just don't see this the, Drew Brees is not going to allow the Saints to say, you know what, Drew Brees, you know what, Drew, um, the second half of the Dallas game, Chase is playing. And they tell him, he's not going to allow them to do that and tell him that on a Wednesday. Just, he's just, he's not that, he, he's not that way. And that's part of what has made him great. Um, but Kevin, I want to end on this. Look, the Saints aren't going to the playoffs. Um, and obviously, the playoffs is all about hoping that Atlanta crashes and burns, and we and we all get to enjoy that on Twitter, and and that would be fantastic. But what? Oh, that'll be great. We know who you're rooting against, but who are you going to be rooting for? I'm going to be rooting for Seattle. Um, I've been rooting against them the last couple of weeks just because you cling to those Saints playoff hopes. But that I wasn't rooting against Seattle because I don't like them. I actually like Russell Wilson. He's a fun little quarterback. I like Pete Carroll. So that, they're going to be the team that I'm going to be. fucking words to say in LSU country. You know what? I mean, they didn't LSU. I mean, they, 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 USC and LSU have never pl- they haven't played in fucking 30 years. Um, but I, I like I like Seattle. I like Russell Williams. He, Russell Williams. He's a fun little quarterback. They're the team I'm going to be rooting for, and I'm going to be rooting against Atlanta. So, Kevin, who are you going to be rooting for in the playoffs? Well, I tell you what. I'll tell you who I'm actually. I'll tell you who I'm rooting to see get into the playoffs. And if they get into the playoffs, I'm rooting for them in, out of the NFC. And that's the Redskins. Yeah. I, I, it's just like let me tell you. Obviously, uh, you know they they've, they won Super Bowls in the past, but they have been shit for so long that you know, hey, okay, it, it, it's it's and it's. You know, the, the owner is deplorable. The fan base are, I, I think, are mostly filled with uh, troglodytes. <laughs> and th- I mean, the only the only reason to even root for them and to give a shit is RG three. RG three is just fucking brilliant. He's brilliant. They're often. I mean, he, he's, is... he's, 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 he's he's a great thrower. He's a good runner. He's. I, I wish he'd be a little bit. Smarter in terms of uh, getting out of bounds or sliding, and not. There. I think he'll get there. He's he's a he's a smart he's a smart guy, and he's not like Vic. He's not like Vic or or Vince Young or Ryan Leaf, where they're just they're just dumb. You know, I think RG three is a really bright guy, and as he gets older, he'll kind of be like Steve Young, where he'll run less and less. But Kevin, their offense. I watched them against Baltimore. When he when he's in it, you can't, you almost can't stop him because teams are so petrified of him running the read option that they're just it's like you got to defend that and people are running free because of it. Like it it's it's they're they're scary good on offense when he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, and the uh, the running back, I can't remember his name, Albert. I don't Albert know if it's Albert Morris or Albert Morris. Morris, yep. He was good. I mean, he's 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 been a nice uh, he's been a delight. So, you know, there's there's good guys, you know, good players on the team. 
so and they're fun to watch, obviously, almost entirely because of RG3. Good guy to root for. So I'd be rooting for them. Uh, Seattle, I'd be fine. I, 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 you know, no beef with them. And, and, and you know, obviously, obviously Marshawn Lynch was the guy that put the dagger in our hearts a couple of years ago. But, but fuck it, he's he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. But he's not dumb trucking I mean, Saints I mean, players. It's awesome. Well, right. I mean, you know, he's 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 fun to watch. I mean, because it's it's not like it's not like the it's not like the game against the Saints was a one-time freak occurrence, and he's never been that good again. No, he's done runs like that. Yeah. Since since he's done crazy shit like that since, and it's just it's it, you just shake your head and you go, well, fuck, this guy's just that damn good. Well, here's a qu- here's the last question for you, Kevin. The, the, you hate the Pittsburgh Steelers with the heat of a thousand suns. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, everybody knows that if they read your power rankings, which uh, your power rankings are just the, uh, the the best part of your power rankings is once you get down to like fifteen, sixteen, you just you just go wherever your mind takes you. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it, it's just it's just glorious, and I that that's the best part of it. But we know you hate the, the Steelers, so my question to you is: Do you want the Steelers not to make the playoffs, or do you want them to barely get in and then lose horrifically like they did to Tebow? What's more enjoyable for you? What's more enjoyable? For, I mean, because the Tebow beating them was pretty damn enjoyable. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean Tebow beat. I mean Tebow beating him was was very enjoyable because it's like you know even even though I didn't like Tim Tebow, I just kind of just shook my head and go, I, I you know this it's it's like it's like an idiot savant at quarterback here. Uh, <laughs> uh I guess I'm I'm not. I'm not going to be selfish in this. I'm, I'm not going to be selfish in this regard. I, yes, I would enjoy more seeing them go to the playoffs and then just get slarred. However, because I know that anything can happen once you reach the playoffs, and, and because I know that you can sort of chalk up some sort of dignity or honor in saying, well, we made the playoffs, I don't want them to make the playoffs. I don't want their fans to sort of say, "Well, yeah, we got our shit pushed in by uh, by Denver or by Houston or by New England." But at least we made the postseason. At least we made the playoffs. No, I, I don't want them to make the playoffs. I don't want them to have the. I don't want them to have that that small modicum of joy or that that sort of silver lining to be able to say, "Well, we made the playoffs somehow." No, I don't want that. I don't want them to make the playoffs. Well, well, because, because yeah, you know, there's, there's the, it's the plus of getting to the postseason, and plus anything can happen. If you get to the playoffs, there's always the chance. It's like shit, you know. Nine and seven teams have got to the Super Bowl and won it. I do not want them getting to the playoffs and then rolling at the Super Bowl, and God forbid, fucking having to play a team like Atlanta. Um, well, because because let me tell you, at that point, at that point, I'm 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 tying a noose together. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Speaking of nooses, um, who are you rooting for, Dallas or Pittsburgh, this weekend? Uh, this weekend, 
Who's down? Uh, wait, are they? They're, they're playing each other. Yes, they are. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, who am I rooting? I'll root for da- I'll, I'll root for Dallas, honestly. I think I will too, because I, 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 you know, what I mean? root is too strong. I will pull for Dallas pull because Dallas. because Pittsburgh is far is far more close in the playoff race than Dallas is in a sense. And, and, and I know that sounds weird because Dallas is so, you know, they're close to winning the division outright. But if Dallas wins, they're doing more damage than if, than if the Steelers win. They can keep the Steelers from, from getting in. Cincinnati can still win and, and keep things out uh, and, and, and stuff like that. And plus, in the NFC, Seattle's still doing well. Minnesota's still doing well. Uh, the Rams, you know, they're still doing well. There's there's enough variables going on that if Dallas wins this weekend, it won't it won't affect anything too greatly. And plus, inevitably, Dallas is just going to fucking choke anyway. They're going to choke and next the week. They're, they're, the Saints have one more win in them, and it's in Dallas. I I could be happy with that. I I could I could deal if they lost to Tampa and Carolina. I could be happy if they if they their only other win came against Dallas. That'd be fine by me. But the thing about Dallas is that I, it, part of me almost wants them to make the playoffs. So that way Jerry Jones, like, barely make the playoffs, fucking back in. That way Jerry Jones will somehow hang on to Jason Garrett and they'll get to do that, that whole shit show again for another year. And on top of it, you know, Jerry Jones will uh, lay off and stay away from Sean Payton. You know, so added that, fun for me. Added enjoyment for me. That's fun. You know what? I actually, the 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 best scenario of all for for me would be for for Dallas to win a couple of playoff games and like go to Atlanta and Tony Romo just look fucking spectacular, and they almost almost get to the Super Bowl. Then they have to extend Tony Romo. They extend Jason Garrett. And everything's safe with Sean Payton. That's that's the scenario I want. But Kevin, on that note, uh, have a safe trip to New Orleans, my friend. I'll be there as well. And uh, you know, I'm rooting for the Saints to lose because I want a better draft position. But uh, I want a com- I want a competitive game on Sunday. What can I say? You're <laughs> you're you're a uh, you're a tremendous human being. We'll, uh, we'll we'll meet up for a beer and have a night for the round. All right. Talk to you later, Kevin. All right, see you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.